0: Welcome, listeners, to a very special episode of I Am The Night, the weekly show where we look back at that Batman the Animated Series. Why is it special, you may ask? Well, for a couple of reasons. First of all, this is episode 50. Yes, we've reached our half-century. And secondly, because of the great guest star, the titular, Zatanna. Adam, happy, right?
1: Happy indeed. Truly magical. And in ways magical in the great slice of... DC wider characterization seeing a true personal favorite as well but also decidedly not magical it's something I wanted to talk about quite a bit but we'll get to that as we unpack the character as a whole because this episode was uh,
0: rip-boring and uh, classic swashbuckle I think I would sort of class this one as. Oh definitely and I'm so glad you said magical or not magical and I know what you're going to ask me and I cannot wait to answer it. It's a dinn a brilliant episode one of my absolute favorites one i watched recently for research for another show i do called superheroes for dummies where we talked about zatanna herself it's written by paul dini one of the better zatanna writers of recent years and directed by dick sebast and dan Reba so adam um, s- s- fire away what did you want to talk about
1: uh i wanted to start off simply by saying that this is a very big established character in DC Comics and so very happy to have seen her done so well and so interestingly but I wanted to ask firstly have we really seen much
0: magic in Batman the Animated Series so far because I can't really recall much actual magic I don't think we've seen any um until now and yes we do see some in this episode but we'll, I digress yeah, we'll come to Yeah. No, we'll, <laughs> see now that's the thing that's the other thing I wanted to talk about
1: because I know Zatanna's powers to be truly grand and cosmic oh yes
0: But we see next to none of that here. And that's important because I'm glad they did it that way because you start their relationship with just that, their relationship. And that wonderful look into Bruce's past when he was still training. And again, hats off to Kevin Conroy for making the young Bruce's voice an octave or two higher and less gruff than the modern-day Bruce's.
1: Yep, we get that real sense of time and ageing, and that's something he's shown consistently, and it's a really nice continuity touch that he refers to his training with Zatara ending because he's going off to Japan, which is another time when we see this Mm -hmm. younger Bruce Wayne with this higher inflection to his voice going off to do some training. So, yep, it's just a masterful bit of performance from a true master of the craft, I would say, in Kevin Conroy. And... Again
0: we're to be talking about Masters of the Craft. Um Masters of the Craft of being sarcastic, wonderful British gentleman Alfred. Yep. In the crowd, in the outdoor performance outside the Gotham Inn with Bruce.
1: Yep. We see him just there with his like barbed whip right there at the beginning, just to not really punctuate or like be a huge presence in the episode, but still makes his mark known because he's just that keen in a character,
0: yeah. It's wonderful. Um how many years has it been, sir? Ten or more? Yes, um, a completely different time, a completely like a lifetime ago. She wouldn't even recognise me now. Yes, uh, intense, driven, moody. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't recognise you at all. But we can trust Alfred to be sardo- yeah.
1: sardonic, but uh, really, still true and to the point. But still, circling back, I think it's uh, as you said. It was them focusing on the relationship first. And that way we can get the real dynamic, and we know who he's playing off and playing against. But still, I was very surprised that she's not as cosmic or powerful, and she's still doing a lot of stage stuff and close-up stuff.
0: But can- who says she isn't?
1: She, the events of the episode—if she had some of the powers that she possibly—that I know her for. Mm-hmm. She, she would have been able to handle this quite quite effectively but then again I'm going to sort of chalk it up to the fact that she's still quite young and doesn't have those powers yet
0: nope um, this is where I'm going to do a, a dad and, and baffle you again um, if you notice it was an outdoor performance and she did all of that stuff herself now let's think that There are no trap doors, no sleight of hands, no real tricks to her position. She's made it look like illusions, but I actually think she did all of that by magic. And the reason I say that is, when she makes the thing disappear, she doesn't have access to any stage hands or anyone to pull levers or lift um, stuff she does it all by magic. And the reason I say that is she doesn't say abracadabra. She says Uh, abracadabra. She says it backwards. And lightning does seem to fly from her. So she's using that thing that her and her father always did to disguise that they're using real magic by pretending they're fake illusionists and magicians. That's that's the
1: part of, honestly, the confusion, I would say. Because I felt that there was no clear sense of, like, is she this grand, Mm. powerful vision of magic up there with Dr. Fate or is she still trying to find her feet? Because there's uh, there's ways that you could read it as both ways which is still just a little bit unclear but I'm still very happy that we could get yeah. that kind of uncertainty because Absolutely. that makes it seem more
0: mystical. That whole hiding in plain sight thing which is a whole thing about magic and magic users and the magic circle and of course the villain the debunker, Mr. Montague Kane.
1: How sad you must be to have to do that for a living. Ruining the Vega stage acts.
0: And ripping them off to commit
1: crimes. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, because that's precisely what he does here. And uh, it worked for a while because they truly believed it was her. Because who else could it possibly be? But takes knowing those magical uh practices and techniques to be able to
0: pull them over and get them your own benefit out of it. And it's brilliant that Batman spotted that straight away. Because once again... One of my favourite aspects of this episode is not just seeing his past and his history, which is always a lovely thing to see, but seeing him being a detective.
1: Yep, we, he knows the character that he's dealing with and he knows how to potentially pull an illusionist trick like that. And he with his training with Zatara way back when, he can very clearly see that some sort of tricks like that could have been employed. And it's a wide scope of detective work that would lead him to that sort of conclusion, which absolutely. is the actually the, the
0: detective work that Batman needs Yeah, absolutely, and I'm so glad you mentioned Zatara, because we've talked about obviously Kevin Conroy and the way he slipped in a slightly different intonation for the younger Bruce, but I've got to give credit to the animators and the direction of this episode for A, showing us a younger Bruce and a younger Zatana, but clearly you still recognising who they are, even though They're lighter, they're thinner, whatever else. But also, did you notice that that whole scene in the past was coloured in sepia? Yep, that's a classic way to sort of sort of show like
1: older timings, especially in a show like Batman the Animated Series, where the sense of the decades are completely blurred with modern technology, but forties dress, sensors, and cars. They did that before. They've had things in CP tone for most of the flashbacks, Mm. to be honest. So I think it's like a recurring theme and it's good that it's consistent across multiple episodes and it's a really nice touch to see. It's
0: beautiful. I mean, I thought that this episode was lovely to look at. And I did really like, we already said the character moments between Bruce and Alfred, but what did you think about the relationship both with young Bruce and Zatanna and with Batman and Zatanna? Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, with young Bruce and Zatana I think that there they could have been, like, a, a sort of a flame there, and I think that was actually quite a nice thing to see, and it makes a lot of sense. But the uh, sort of at-odds nature that it was naturally there makes a lot of sense, because Zatana had been learning from her father from much younger, so seeing this guy literally come off the street and pick it up within months must have been something that, like, per hurt him in a little bit of odds yeah. but then again when he's that cute she could somewhat forgive him and like to play into tease uh,
0: it's, yeah go on to so what you're
1: saying uh, with I was to say with the older grown up uh, versions of the characters we could see them sort of maintaining a similar sort of context because she doesn't find out who he is not even fully but she doesn't find out who she thinks he is until the end of the episode but he knows her completely yeah and he goes through with uh, that same level of like care and attention and respect that he had back when he was younger. But she sort of maintains the well said the light-heartedness that she sort of brings from her own sort of professional career as a wizard.
0: Absolutely, I mean she's always been one of the most positive and my, one of my all-time favourite characters in DC, mainly because she again is one of the lesser known ones and she really should be a lot more popular than she is but i honestly love the fact that paul dinney took the seeds from this episode and during the years he was writing detective comics Zatana became a love interest for bruce as adults and many fellow Zatana fans a uh, big shout out to Writer Kendra Hale and her hubby Ed, who are massive Zatana fans, we all think that that relationship was shortchanged and it really should have gone a lot further. I mean, could you imagine magical bat babies? That would have been that would be a fun idea. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's not, it's not one that
1: I really knew about, or I thought about. So oh, It's one of uh, my favourites. So it's uh, one that could have been quite interesting and fun to see. So, yeah, uh, I think that's a story that still has room to grow and room to tell, and especially how uh, DC Universe has restructured itself. It's something that could have existed
0: somewhere out there, which is a nice thing to think about. Mm, definitely. I mean, everyone goes on, about obviously, about Bruce and, and Selina, which is the main one, and I do think that should be a forever relationship. Or about Bruce and Talia, who... Um, There were times when you thought she could turn good, but in recent years that seems to have gone out of the window. But out of all the loves of Bruce's life, the one I really would have wanted to see explored in more depth, because I loved it, was, was Bruce and Zatana in Detective Comics. It was fantastic.
1: It's not one that I really knew about, but it's actually quite interesting and one that could add up to a lot of very interesting stories. So, yeah, I think that's something that you could explore. Yeah.
0: Um, if you count this episode as before Bruce joined the League and he knew that she was a real magician, this episode could actually f- slot right into the Batman year one era. Of, of, of comics, because we know from the comics as well that Bruce did learn a lot of his escapology from Thaddeus Brown, the original Mr Miracle, and from Zatana. so it fits in with comics canon as well
1: Yep, which is a nice thing to say and to see that it's so consistent across multiple different stories by multiple different writers across times and comics, so yeah, I think that just lends to the fact that this kind of story has a lot of backing and could be something worth telling even if most people don't realise it, so yeah, I think it's something worth exploring to the big ups out there who can control these things absolutely it must be nice
0: i love the um thing you mentioned about how batman's gone in knowing exactly who she is but she's clueless and i've got to give another nod of the hat not just to the action and the characterization in this show but to the humor um like obviously because Simon thinks, well, why is he helping me he doesn't know me and um, when she says to him, so, so why, why the interest? Why are you helping me? Uh, I'm just another leggy dame in nylons. Or did I just answer my own question?
1: I will say that she's probably the best legs in magic. But um, that notwithstanding, it's just good to see that they can sort of like lightly joke on that. And it's like a kind of joke that necessarily the little kids wouldn't really follow. Exactly. What, what is nylon? Also, what is nylon? Um, it's the stuff <laughs> that Tots are made of, right? Um, yes. And Yeah, it's a natural thing for them to sort of have that repartee and sort of brings in more audiences than just the Saturday morning kids crowd.
0: Absolutely. I do love, um, again, the use of voice talent in this show because we've got a a repeat um, offender in this episode in the actor who plays Montague Kane. He's Michael York, very famous actor, who played Count Vertigo a couple of weeks back
1: nice to see that they're able to reuse talent if the talent's good enough, in which this case it is. Um, yeah, I think he brought a great bit of Gravis Hassan showmanship to the character, which is sort of what you'd expect from someone as grand as someone who wants to go around debunking wizards. So, yeah, I think it was nice to sort of bring him around.
0: And completely different to the Vertigo voice and, and very characterisation, di- yeah. yeah.
1: Very different, like sort of big, boomy baritone sort of deal. Like, it's good. It's essential to have a, a range in this sort of characters. so yeah.
0: And once again, a great
1: British villain. Yep,
0: as you'd expect. They to be. <laughs> Played by a great British thespian. because again, we've talked about him before. Um, a Shakespearean actor, well renowned, well loved actor in the UK and abroad for many, many, many years from stage appearances of Romeo and Juliet, the titular run in the classic sci fi movie Logan's Run. He's appeared in Cabaret. The original, well, it's not the original. The seventies Three Musketeers movies and its three sequels, which went all the way into the eighties. And again, most well known as Basil Exposition in the Austin Powers movies. Yes, that's
1: the name of the character. I keep forgetting that. (laughs) Um, But still, it's good to show that there's like more legs and more chops to a an actor that can. Be so broad and so diverse with their characters, and it's nice to see that there's real chance for great actors to flex their chops in multiple ways and across the across the show, and that's a good
0: show to them. Absolutely, and I have to talk about the wonderful Julie Brown again. One of these actors musicians who is literally so versatile and so so prolific in her field, again. It would be easier to list what she hasn't been in, but I'll just pull out the the, the most well known. Um, they did one of our all-time favorite movies, The Incredible Shrinking Man. Oh wow! In the 80s, they did a sequel, The Incredible Shrinking Woman, which she starred in with Lily Tomlin. Right. She was in Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, um, Jeff Goldblum's movie Earth Girls Are Easy, um, Clueless with Alicia Silverstone, and of course cartoons. Well, not just Satano, which she played, by the way. Brilliantly, I loved her performance in this, but Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, the list is endless for Julie Brown.
1: They get really accredited and seasoned actors to be there for the very key parts, and I'm glad that they show so well here, so it was very nice, very nice chosen, great
0: performance indeed. Yeah, and they don't just do it for the main characters. I mean, I was stunned um, that Zatara himself, I mean, the performance for the few minutes he was on screen for this episode was fantastic, and that's exactly how I picture Zatara speaking. The characterisation was wonderful. But it would be, again, from a renowned character actor and stage actor, Vincent Schiavelli, who you would know. Um, he was one of the inmates in the asylum at One Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was the uh, street uh, ghost in Ghost. He was in Tomorrow Never Dies against uh, Pierce Brosnan's James Bond, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But you probably recognise him the most yourself as the organ grinder. Um, in Penguin Circus in Batman's Batman Returns.
1: Oh, wow, okay. Well, again, someone so very
0: yeah. broad and
1: so very experienced and all sorts of stuff that you'd never sort of put together as being like, oh, yes, he's the Grand Wizard. But yeah, the uh, seasoned actor would we'll be able to pull that off well and he gave the performance quite nicely, that old-timey sort of vaudeville confidence and showmanship, even though it was very much scaled down for like a backstage sort of deal but you could tell that there was a sort of energy behind that voice oh, they yeah. could talk out in that grand loud way so yeah
0: wonderful performance indeed plus his instincts he knew in one of my favourite scenes from the episode that Zatanna had been eavesdropping the conversation and hidden in the vanishing cabinet and he <laughs> he makes her pop out and straight into Bruce's arms and it was just lovely
1: lovely charming really
0: really fun I think should, he did that perfectly do you um, would you make of Bruce Wayne picking the alias that our other favourite um, creation of fiction, the Doctor, uses, is John Smith?
1: It's just so generic, yeah. and it's just so easy and rolls off the tongue for most English speakers. That uh, yeah, it makes sense for a natural real alias that you can sort of like throw out there, and it's a testament to what some of the other skills that we would find out that Bruce Wayne learned from Zatara, yes. the, the ventriloquism and the uh, throwing your voice in the stage showmanship, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to have like a name like that off the bat is quite handy. Obviously, um, John Smith doesn't necessarily work right now. Technically speaking, if you want the most generic name going right now, it would be Muhammad Lee, but that's also not very... doesn't make, doesn't make a good <laughs> no, PC either. Oh, no, it's not a <laughs> no, PC. It just doesn't make much sense. Yes. Um... But yeah to have like that kind of persona available is definitely something he probably learned well from zatara and it's just a good skill to have when you're trying to be who you say you are not absolutely
0: well said so altogether like i said i love what you said Swashbuckling episode but also so many levels looks at batman's past a possible future he's missing out on with zatana relationships characterization trust he did not for a single split second think she was guilty that to me shows that um he's got a level of trust for the people he knows and relies on but also i have to say do you not feel the batman in this episode lightened up several notches he was almost a different character he, was, he allowed himself to be lighter
1: because he was with a very light part of his past. Because when he thinks back to his past, he thinks of the traumatic thing that happened to him, or he thinks of the struggle that he put himself through to become the vision of justice and peace that he wants himself to be. This is one of the times when he's not surrounded by that kind of like emotional weight mm. or turmoil or trauma. This is a positive force from his life that he wants to try and remember and remember in a light way so he can bring that light back out of himself
0: because that's the light that he gets from her. Well said. I love that. And I also love the fact that it makes me happy as a Batman fan to know that during those years of training where he dedicated himself to his art, there were times when he was happy. Yeah. And that's just brilliant. It wasn't all fighting and blood and broken bones some of it was fun and helped him learn his craft to make him the greatest crime fighter the world has ever known.
1: Well, it's good to be able to see those moments just to know that he is really a rounded character and not necessarily just that figure of the knight with the f- flying fists of justice.
0: Absolutely. Um, as you can probably tell I love this one. This is one of my absolute all-time favourite episodes but Adam... Talk to me about your standout moments, character pieces, bits you loved, bits you liked, bits you possibly didn't like about the episode.
1: I would say that I think the great, striking visual of the the sky captain, the world of tomorrow esque <laughs> monolithic <laughs> plane that makes up the dramatic set piece um, for the end is quite spectacular. I see uh, like aircraft like that from like b rolls of World War Two air hangars because stuff like that never flew back in those days into just something very of the time I'd say yeah, like the, the the 40s and the 50s something very grandiose about it even though they're not necessarily super real they're real now mm. aircraft like that size and that luxury but it's just a very strong striking image that makes this episode feel even more like vaudeville and 40s
0: which I which I quite like I love that Well, spotted. Absolutely brilliant. And it's fitting for Zatara himself, really, because he was around um, back in Action Comics number one with Superman. So he's uh, one of those golden age characters. Sadly, no longer with us. He died in the pages of Swamp Thing, but that death, that sacrifice to save his daughter, was still being felt in the pages of Justice League Dark, which star, guess who? Zatana, his daughter. So the uh, comic book nods are. There throughout, it's wonderful.
1: And it's good to respect the characters and respect the times that those characters
0: came from. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my standout moment, and again, it's back to what you brilliantly said at the beginning of the episode is um, well, is this woman magical, isn't she? That um, disappearance, which makes his look positively boring, where she disappears in a gigantic puff of pink smoke and leaves him a signed poster. From Zana asking him to write.
1: Yep. So it's just so charming. Just the vanish into the sunset, which is also feels quite like a damsel in distress thing from a like imperial periodic noir film to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely loved it, and uh, a much nicer exit than the one of Bruce's other former love from the past, um, Andrea Beaumont, who we spoke about a few weeks back in the Mask of the Phantasm episode. Wonderful stuff. Really, really good fun episode brilliant well that was it then that was our 50th episode wow doesn't time fly when you're having fun our 50th episode of uh, I Am The Night Batman the Animated Series if you like this show please do listen rate review subscribe let us know your thoughts you can catch this show and the dc comics news podcast mad love the harley quinn cast and the spinner rack on spotify stitcher apple google play or your favorite podcast catcher of choice you can catch dc comics news the fine network that runs all those shows and dark Knight news the site where adam and i write on facebook twitter tumblr and youtube but adam my partner in crime. Where can the multiverse and magic users find you?
1: As you said, writing about Batman things on Dark Knight News. Uh, You can find me writing about my one true love on Our Baby, Our Creation, uh, my pride being uh, PC and tabletop games on fantasticuniverses.com and more specifically, find me writing about Dungeons and Dragons on apotheosisstudios.com. Follow me on Twitter at iszztinkerer, I-Z-Z-E-T tinkerer, where you can find me discussing various celebrated wins and bad beats on some of the many card games that I play there's (laughs) reams of content of me playing games of Dungeons and Dragons on No Ordinary Heroes on YouTube and find me playing PC games with some of my dear friends on The Hostile Atmosphere on YouTube
0: great stuff and do check that stuff out it's very cool indeed so you know where you can hear us you know where you can see us for more of my written work just type in steve j ray or fantastic universes for my news reviews and interviews across three websites just by typing those words into your search engine of choice but until you do so chat to me on twitter at l underscore s -S 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 t e e v o so he's been adam ray he's the knight Together, we are the night, and this has been the I Am The Night podcast. Thank you for listening, and until next time, read more comics. And watch more Batman.